It's a Super Bowl episode of the First and Goal Podcast. I'm your host, Nick Mann, alongside my host, co-host, JJ Post. Uh, a big week, big week. Obviously, it's Super Bowl week, but there, w- there was a move that is going to be the first thing that we're going to get into today. Alex Smith, trade to the Redskins. Did you see this? I did. Okay, okay. Uh, what do you think about it? Does this make you more afraid of the Redskins or less afraid? Well, I am afraid of Alex Smith more than I am Kirk Cousins. However, in the long term, I don't think it's a good trade for the Redskins, if you look at long-term spectrum. Like, next season, I am going to be more afraid of Alex Smith than I was of Kirk Cousins. However, when you really look at it in the big scope of things, uh, Alex Smith has getting up there in years. Kirk Cousins, definitely a younger option. Uh, one would argue a better option. I think Alex Smith gives them that more of a dynamicism, running out of the box, able to evade tackles. But uh, definitely, I think that Kirk Cousins is the better option if you look in the long term. But there was already speculation he might leave. They're getting him off the books pretty much. They have already guaranteed his replacement. So I think it's a good move by the Redskins. Well, I feel like it doesn't make them a more dangerous team. But when you pay $13 million for Alex Smith compared to 30 for Kirk Cousins, it's it's a pretty good move. And Kirk Cousins was not going to come back to Washington. That place is not, not uh, going in the right direction, so to speak. And I don't think Kirk Cousins wants to be a part of that. Wherever he goes, we'll we'll get into that a little bit later. But as it pertains to Alex Smith, this does not make the Redskins a better team at all. So yeah, that that's that. Kirk Cousins, on the other hand, we we've been hearing a lot of things on him, like a place where he could go. Denver and Cleveland seem to be the two favorites, with the New York Jets not too close, not too far behind. And so yeah, uh, we also heard Jacksonville, but I, I'm pretty sure that they said Blake Bortles is going to be their quarterback, right? Yes. Well, yeah. that's what they're claiming. You, who knows? Yeah, you you, you, can really, you never really take their word for for anything that an NFL team says, because obviously they're gonna stick with Blake Bortles for as long as they they can, because he's a young quarterback and they don't want him to lose confidence. But as it goes for Kirk Cousins, he could go to really anywhere that needs a quarterback, like a team like Denver. He could make them into a Super Bowl contender, I think, because. If if it weren't for Paxton Lynch and Trevor Simeon and Brock Osweiler, I think that they could have been a much more dangerous team than they were. And they can use that number five or number four pick on maybe another guy to buffen up their to buffer up their defense and or definitely an offensive weapon could be there. So at the end of the day, I feel like Kirk Cousins could go to the Jets because they're gonna be able to offer them offer him the most money and put him in a pretty good position with a fairly good defense that uh that really Cleveland doesn't have yet, and their, their main competition is going to be Denver, so that, that's that. Joe, do you have any opinion on Kirk Cousins? Uh, no, that's really it, honestly. I I think it's an interesting uh, trade, just the way that they they're, they found a replacement. Interesting way to do things. However, uh, yeah, I mean, I think the Jets are a good shout for him. They're definitely going to be able to give him a nice, nice uh, sum of money for him to go there, but in the end, I don't. it just comes down, does he are the Jets the best offer he's going to get? And, I mean, he's going to want to play playoff football, if possible, so he's probably going to look at it, but I don't know. It's up to him. Does he want money, or does he want rings and trophies and whatnot? Obviously, there's not a lot of teams that can offer him that, but the Jets are definitely no, at least nowhere near that. Yeah, uh, I, I, I don't really know what to think about this, because, like, he he could go somewhere that... He, he really has a lot of options here. Cleveland is going to be, like, probably the one who can offer him the most money because they're going to have north of $100 million in cap space. So I, it, it's definitely a tough tough thing. We, we don't know what's going to happen yet, but he'll, he'll be off the board by the first day of free agency, I think. 
But yeah, so so that's it on Kirk Cousins and Alex Smith. But right now, tomorrow, as this is this is ten o'clock on Saturday before the Super Bowl, it, it is the Super Bowl. Jay, do you, do you have any opinion on what's gonna happen tomorrow? Uh, well, this is not gonna be a fun Super Bowl for me. I'm gonna find it hard to root for and either team. So I guess I'll root for a close game, but I mean, I don't want the Patriots to win rings, obviously, but I also don't want the Eagles to win because I'm a Giants fan. So, you know, um, I'll root for a good game. I'll root for uh, Tom Brady to have a bad game, and uh, I don't know. I feel like the, the Patriots should win, but the Eagles just have so much fights. Like, this is this is a very, this is Philadelphia's team. This is this team embodies them. They've embraced it. Uh, I mean, I think this team just has so much passion, whereas the Patriots... They're, they're they're kind of a what's it called the the, pa- the Patriots are a mercenary team James Harrison etc. People there are players that often go there to get rings. Obviously there are players as well that are there because they really love the Patriots. But there are players like James Harrison who are there to collect rings and get game time. So you know they're a bit more like a team of mercenaries rather than a tight knit group like the Eagles are. Well, I. I would argue that they really are that they really are a tight knit group out there in New England because they constantly I'm not gonna say they constantly have the odds stacking up against them because they don't they're they're, they're the favorites but if you think about it like all the time with this when is Brady gonna fall off a cliff he's he's gonna retire soon he's one of these days yeah one one of these days mm-hmm. you you got the guys out there who they're not all ring chasers I mean James Harrison you said they're they're right you're right about that one but. I feel like, especially the guys on the offense, maybe the defense more is more ring-chasing than the offense, but on the offense, you got guys like Amendola, who's been there for a while. He's a veteran. Uh, Chris Hogan came. He's a scrappy guy. Uh, the running backs, you got a lot of running backs. You got James White, Danny Woodhead, and uh, some other guy. <laughs> Rex, Burke, Rex Burkhead, that's his name. doesn't matter if you don't know their names. They're going to come up eventually. Yeah. Because yeah. I'm sure one of them, who we never knew and we never think will make a big play, We'll make a big play in Super Bowl because that is what the Patriots do. That that's what they've always done for the past twenty years, as long as Tom Brady's been the quarterback. So, yeah, and the that Eagle defense is. I I feel like we're gonna see something very similar to what we saw with Jacksonville because Eagles defense is one of the best in the league, like we saw with the Jaguars, and it, we we really saw the Jaguars get off to an early start and the, the defense just jumped all over them. And I feel like we could see something similar. And then. And then uh, Tom Brady's gonna pick him apart at the end, like he did, because no, you're not gonna beat Tom Brady off of pure athleticism, which I, I feel like is something that we learned, because he's gonna outsmart you every time, and he, you, you have to be smart. I feel like the Jaguars' defense, they they got tired, and that, that you get you can get tired when you're just pure athleticism. No, you can't get tired when you're when you're being smart. Well, I mean you can physically, but Smarts don't tire, which is going to be something big for for defensive line like Fletcher Cox, Brandon Graham, and uh, the other guy. There, the, the Derek Barnett. That's the other guy. He's uh, they're going to have to come up big and not. They're going to have to conserve themselves for the fourth quarter, which is something that we definitely saw last year with Atlanta. They burned themselves out when they got up twenty-eight to three. And the Eagles are going to have to do something to avoid that. I do think that they'll get on the board early, and may, maybe not as often as we saw last year with Atlanta, but they will take a lead, probably like 14-3, to 3, I'd say, something similar to Jacksonville. And they, they, they will have a chance to win this game. It's not going to be all New England like a lot of people are saying it will. But at the end of the day, I feel like Tom Brady could be able to kind of take them apart for, for pretty, 
for a pretty long time, I think, from the from halftime halftime on. If 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 Philadelphia has a lead, look for halftime on to be really just Tom Brady's game. And you did say that uh, as a Giant fan, you can't like the Super Bowl, but. Why do you you beat the Patriots? Why I like why do you I, hate I them? want the Patriots to win because the more that the Patriots win, the more the mysticism mystic, I don't know if that's a word the mysticism if it is a word of Eli Manning grows. Like how did he do it? How did the Giants team in general, which is probably one of the more average teams the Patriots played in their Super Bowls, how did they win it? Um, how did they uh, that, coach? The that Patriots? was not an av- that was not an average team. That Giants team on paper it was in 07? On paper it was certainly an average team. On all, that, that team played fantastically together, but on paper, like David Tyree was your number two option receiving that Super Bowl. Well, that, Actually, no, number three. Um, like Steve Smith, not a world class player, a good player, not a world class player. Plus, Go Burris, a great player with uh, like off the field issues. That team, Eli Manning, was not. Oh, as you probably could make an argument that Russell Wilson is worse than Eli Manning. But when you look at the quarterbacks pa- the Patriots have beaten, uh, Peyton Manning, Russell Wilson, uh, Matt Ryan, all you could say are probably as good or better than Manning. But Manning has a legacy now. They didn't. Manning is known as that quarterback that was able to beat Brady. Outside of the Seattle game, which one of those teams had a great defense? That that '07 Giants team had one of the better defenses that uh, that many of us have ever seen with guys like Tuck and Strahan and uh, don't think Pierre Paul was there yet. Oh, but, you mean Europe? Yeah, OC. That that's what I was thinking of. And they they had a good core of linebackers, I think. That team, I think the hallmark of that team was the talent, the young talent that stepped up in big moments for them. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Jay Alford was a sixth round pick, grabbed the sack in the last on um, one of the biggest drives of his life. Um, what's his name? Uh, who else played? Kevin Boss, a tight end, later round pick. Uh, when Shockey went down injured, everyone's like, "Oh well, that, that's the, what chance they had at the playoffs. That's gone." Uh, Shockey's like their number one tight end. Boss was, uh, I believe, a fifth, sixth round pick, and he steps up and he comes one of their biggest targets, makes a forty yard reception in the Super Bowl. Similar. That to what- Giants team had fight in them, and the young players were not uh, afraid to back, would not back down in the spotlight. That is similar to what we've seen with the Seagulls team, and which is probably the biggest point that we're going to get to in this preview. When the big player goes down, you have to have a guy who can who can pretty much just take take over. And it's definitely on a bigger scale in this game with Nick Foles taking over for Carson Wentz. Everybody counted the Eagles out. They and they they were a number the first number one seed to ever be an underdog coming into their game. But you also got to think about this. It's a lot harder to come in as a backup quarterback and win against Tom Brady than it is as backup tight end. Which I mean, Nick Foles is gonna have. I, I don't think he's gonna have to outplay Tom Brady. He's just not gonna have to. He's gonna have to just avoid the big turnover. Which this New England defense was not good at the beginning of the year, but they picked it up lately. We keep it, on saying about their defense, but Blake Bortles played the game of his life against the Patriots. That was definitely the best game I've seen play all season, and I've seen him play every game. Uh, and that was the best game I saw him play. Uh, I saw Bortles play. That, so that it's a bit more than career. that's the game of his career right there. It's a bit more than just uh, simply then you gotta play well because you gotta play well and your off uh, your defense has to be able to limit the Patriots. But the Jaguars defense did a pretty good job of limiting the Patriots. So I'm convinced there's not what can you do at this point because we can say well you shut him down in offense. The Jaguars did that. You can have your quarterback play lights out. Bortles did that. You can have the running game get picked up. Fournette was uh, going right through the line all first half. So what can you do to beat the Patriots? What's the, what's the silver bullet for the uh, Eagles? 
So I'm sure they're going to find something because this is they've done a great job coaching wise. But the question is, what will that silver bullet be? Well, that's why we've been saying for how many years now? You just gotta wait for Tom Brady to retire, and he he's gonna have his way with this league for as long as he plays. There is no cliff. There is no there is no place where he's gonna fall off. No year where he's gonna just completely stink up the joint. That's not gonna happen. He is gonna be an efficient player. He's and if not, he just like I said, you can you can get broken down and worn down when you're one of these physical specimen guys like Cam Newton. He's not he's not breaking down, but a, a guy like that, uh, he, he definitely can. That's why we saw Michael Vick. He, he wasn't that good later in his career. That's why we saw guys like... Uh, that's why Kaepernick didn't last that long. Well, yeah, that's why Kaepernick got benched for in, in that year, not not why he didn't last that long. Because he that that like guy who takes all the hits and is running around the place that will break down. If you have the smarts like Tom Brady, then you're gonna last a long time till you're forty. Not necessarily till you're forty. Tom Brady's just the greatest of all time, but you are gonna have a long and lengthy career in this league. So Tom Brady, he's gonna probably have a big game. I I think. I mean, I feel like everybody knows that he's gonna he's gonna show up. And yeah, it, the the Giants do have the blueprint. Or they did have the blueprint to beat this Patriot team. You got to go back to what they were doing, and you just gotta, you just gotta play smart. And what's the one team that can always beat the Giants? The Philadelphia Eagles. I mean, well, the these Giants. Well, no, I mean going back, the Eagles were always our bogey team in the division. The Cowboys uh, always we have a fair fight. The Redskins we had a pretty good track record with. The Eagles were our bogey team. No matter what it took, it always seemed like they could beat us. Whether it's the Deshaun Jackson miracle at the Meadowlands or the earlier miracle at the Meadowlands, the Eagles have been the Giants' bogey team for a little bit now, and I don't know if that, that uh, is going to play into anything, but obviously that doesn't really affect anything now, but it's just worth noting. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, so the line on this game is looking at... Um, uh, the line's looking at about 5.5 under for New England. Who are you taking? Uh, against the spread or just a straight up pick? We'll do both. Uh, against the spread, I am going to take the Eagles. I think this is gonna be a one possession game. I think it's gonna be like a three point game. Uh, I don't know. It's either gonna be a complete whitewash or a close game. So you know, I'll say it's a close game. I'll take the Eagles. I think it's a three point game, no matter who wins. Who wins? I'm taking the Patriots. I feel like the Patriots are being set up to win this game. I feel like Brady is just going into this. He wants that six ring. That man is a competitor. He does not feel any sort of uh drop off now that he has his fifth ring. He is not feeling anything. He just wants to win, 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 win. That's just Brady's mentality. So, I mean, I think that the Patriots are going to win this, honestly. And I feel as like... As much as I don't want them to. I feel like what you said there, Brady just wants to win. And that is enough for him to win. Just as long as he wants to, he'll be able to do it. And this is coming from a Jet fan. I don't like him. He's probably my most despised player in the NFL. But... And that being said, I'm going to take the Patriots against the spread and just straight up in general. I feel like this is going to be – it doesn't have to be a three-point game for this to be a close game. I think it's going to be a touchdown game, and for all we know, it could be another overtime game that ends in a touchdown. But, yeah, I'm taking Tom Brady against the spread. He's going to outduel Nick Foles, which I, I feel like it's pretty much a given that Tom Brady is going to have as good a day, if not better, than Nick Foles. But, yeah, I'm going to take him against the spread. So NFL honors were also tonight, and 
what happened here is I think eight guys got in and we are looking at um Ray Lewis got in on his first ballot. Randy Moss that Randy Moss and Ray Lewis were no doubters. We knew they were getting in. A uh, controversial one was Terrell Owens, although the talent was there. I feel like the, the off-the-field stuff was like a lot of uh, – his antics were, were enough to keep him out for some people. Erlocker on first ballot, I think, or second ballot. I believe uh, first, I think. I'll look it up now. Yeah, so I, first or second ballot, he deserved to get in either way. But he had – he was a first-round pick, 182 games. A lot of people – I feel like a lot of people just underrate him a lot. And when I was growing up watching football, Brian Urlacher was one of the guys who I knew, like, even when I didn't know anybody who played first football. First ballot. Yeah, first ballot. He's one of the greatest players of all time, and I, that's no doubt. He's synonymous with the Chicago Bears of the early 2000s. Uh, Eagles, Brian Dawkins, I, I don't feel like that was any that there was any doubt about him getting in. He was just such a great talent. I don't think there was really that much controversy with these uh, inductees. These are other, all... other than T.O., but the talent was there for T.O. Yeah, I mean, these are all really legends of our era that we're mentioning right now. Uh, Erlacher, for my era, obviously, um, was someone I looked at. Like, when I first got into the Madden games, the first the first player I knew that had a high rating was Brian Erlacher. Madden 06 on my DS, Brian <laughs> Erlacher was amazing. But uh, games aside, I mean, Erlacher was just... Like you said, synonymous with the Bears. When you think of Bears and uh, his time, you think of Ryan Urlacher. Uh, T.O., like you said, a big controversial because of his uh, off-the-field antics, but the talent was certainly there. T.O. was... T.O. might be... A raw uh, receiver. He might be the greatest... I'm not going to say he's the greatest of all time. That, that will forever be for Jerry Rice. But he might be the most talented wide receiver of all time. Jerry Rice was... Jerry Rice was all... He, he had the best work ethic that anybody's ever seen. I it's a bit like Ronaldo versus Messi. Messi has all the raw talent in the world, and it's not like he flaunts it. He, like, wastes it off the field either. Uh, Messi's uh, just a fantastic player. But Ronaldo, not as talented, but Ronaldo works really hard. Like, he trains 24-7. He's out there. Like, he's not as just gifted as Messi is, but he spends all his time devoted to soccer, uh, football, for any European listeners, which I doubt we have. But... I think that Ronaldo, just like kind of Jerry Rice, he doesn't have as much skill as Messi or T.O. has, but he spends that much work and puts all that effort into it that he gets to put gets his name right up there in the conversation. But I think uh, in soccer, Messi turned out to be better than Ronaldo, and in, uh, well, in the just... NFL, Rice turned out to be better than T.O. Yeah, yeah, you're right. But also, pure talent. Pure talent is very important. Pure talent is much more important in soccer than it is in football, I, I feel like. But uh, moving away from that, Robert Brazil from the from the Oilers, yep. he's he, he's a great. I mean, I can't say I, I heard of him before today, but looking at him, he's he's been doing. He he he, he was very good. He was very good. Well, I I've seen him in a couple highlight reels. I mean, like I said, not. I don't want to sound kind of like all oh, like a little new new era of football is better than old era of football. But I mean, he was a quality player. Um, just like. Uh, there were a lot of quality players back then that kind of go unsung because they weren't Jerry Rice and they weren't scoring all the touchdowns. Like, I'm, I'm happy to see a linebacker make it in from that era because, like, kids nowadays and uh, people our age nowadays don't look back at the 70s, 80s, 90s and think, oh, wow, what a solid defensive lineman who stopped the run game very well. They look at the Jerry Rices who scored all the touchdowns. Yeah, Jerry Rice. Uh, you all, as young people, we really only know, like, 
we we only really know the guys from back then who were on the highlight films because yeah. we can't go back and watch those. Well, we can, but <laughs> I mean, we're you have to be down a pretty big uh, uh, rabbit hole rabbit hole on the internet to do that. Yeah, to, to watch a whole game. I mean, it, it's just something like it, it's the guys who are like getting down in the in the nitty gritty and they're and they're just like they're they're grinding it. You you really don't notice that, but I I feel like a guy like Brazil is very he was very important to the Oilers teams and he he spent his entire ten ten year NFL career there and seven time Pro Bowler. I mean that's tough to do. Definitely. Uh, also there is Jerry Kramer. He was this is forty five years that it took him to get in, and I I actually had heard his name before. I mean, he's a kicker, and if you know the name of a kicker back then... He, he was not a kicker. He was a right guard, actually, and he spent time as a kicker. No, well, that's what I mean. I'm saying... Yeah, you, like, you know him If pretty... you know his legacy as a kicker, then... And it's not even his primary position, like, just wow. That's what I'm trying to say. Like, if you know someone, mainly for the position that wasn't even what they mainly played, you guys ought to be amazing at... Like, he's just an amazing footballer. He's a, he's a player of the game. If you can play two different positions and be considered a legend at both... That's just the uh, tip of the hat to you. Yeah, yeah. And the last one is former GM of the Redskins, Bobby Bethard. I, I'm pretty sure that he. Uh, um, what, what did? He, I'm pretty sure he built the those Redskins teams that won the Super Bowl in the '90s, right? So Bobby Bethard, the GM of the Redskins during the title run that brought three Super Bowls, I think, right? Yep. Yeah, the, the those are three great teams that uh. <laughs> that won the Super Bowl, and um, he he was responsible for bringing Joe Gibbs, I think, to DC. Uh, yep. Um, uh, I believe he also brought Art Monk, uh, Dexter Manley, also worth noting. But yeah, um, also uh, a studio analyst. Obviously, that's not what he's being elected in the Hall of Fame for. I thought he was a decent studio analyst, I must say. But uh, yeah, it's an unsung. I like seeing front office members in the Hall of Fame. Uh, just good to see uh, someone that the unsung heroes of the game. Really. Yeah, so, so that's it for Hall of Fame results, but another thing that uh, goes with the NFL honors is the awards today. So, obviously Tom Brady wins MVP, but Todd Gurley wins Offensive Player of the Year. And I feel like th th that is the right choice. That is completely the right choice, because you have to look at the meaning of valuable. Are the Patriots close to anything that they're doing without Tom Brady? I mean, Jimmy G's done well for himself in, in San Francisco, but I don't think that they are where they are without Tom Brady, but Todd Gurley did have a better offensive statistical year, which would make him the player of the year. It, in every sport, it's just that most valuable uh, tag that, that really throws everybody off. It's not a best player award. That, that's why the NFL has a best player award. It's the most valuable player, and Tom Brady definitely deserved that. Um, coach of the year, Sean McVay, right? Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, the youngster, uh, youngest coach in the league, but, I mean, come on, like, there's no way he didn't deserve this. He took a Rams team that was kind of more or less considered a joke, and uh, last year with the nine seventy nine Jeff Fisher, et cetera, et cetera, and he turned them into contenders. When you looked at that Rams team, uh, that was a scary team uh, for the playoffs. Obviously, they lost in the first round, but McVay did a McVay did a fantastic job at such a young age, uh, inexperienced you might say, as well. But I don't Sean McVay is eight years younger than Tom Brady. It's just incredible. And I, I I know we're uh we're, we're that this is basically from me become a Tom Brady love fest and I I don't like that but 
it is just crazy, like the sustained excellence that Tom Brady has been able to put up. And Sean McVay, obviously a great coach in his own right, but I, I feel like you can give it to Belichick every year. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> but it, all awards are just the best minus Belichick. And most of them are the best minus Brady, too, except for the MVP in a year where you really had to give it to him. Assistant coach of the year, and we're only mentioning this because he just got the giant job, Pat Shermer. Good, good, good for Yay. him. Yeah, he'll be a Giants, the Giants coach for next year. Ben McAdoo is better. McAdoo in. Get McAdoo. Oh, Chris no. Ash in. Chris Ash era. Ash era, too. <laughs> uh, comeback player of the year, Keenan Allen. He he had a great year, I, I remember, and coming off a big injury last year, I think. He he, he did have a great year for San Diego. Um, offensive line of the year, I didn't know this was award, but the Eagles, no doubting that. And really, these are the these are the, the big uh, awards. Rookie of the year goes to Alvin Kamara. I I feel like that. I don't think you make an argument against that. I think Alvin, Alvin Kamara definitely deserved it. Transformed the Saints team. Uh, I think you mentioned it a couple weeks ago on one of the podcasts. But like, what the hell did Alvin, Alvin Kamara have to do to make the Saints team so good all of a sudden? I know. Like, you add him to the team, and apparently now now they're like a bunch of world beaters. Who I mean, obviously they're not in the Super We're Bowl. We're one miracle play away yeah, yeah. from a championship. Yeah. And I feel like they could have beaten the Eagles. It, I mean, maybe the defense couldn't have put up with or put up with what uh, Nick Foles did that day, but you'll never know. You'll never know, because the Viking defense just didn't show up in case Keenum, the, the fairy tale ended for him, even though he'll probably be back with Minnesota next year. But Alvin Kamara, I feel like this isn't a most valuable thing. It's just based purely on stats, but they have Mark Ingram there, so I don't know how. When you have Mark Ingram and probably maybe the, like the, the top five quarterback in the league, and Drew Brees, a first ballot Hall of Famer for sure, I, I don't know if you can really give that to him. Defensive player of the year, Rams defensive tackle Aaron Donald, no doubt. Just yeah. best player in the league on the defensive side, causing pressure all year for for the uh, for the Rams. Mm-hmm. And in a year where their defense became one of the best in the league. And uh, offensive rookie of the year obviously goes to Kamara, which I you can't that, – that's one that you can't dispute other than – and the next closest has to be Evan Ingram, but he, he was not going to beat Kamara out. Yeah, and we went over Offensive Player of the Year, Todd Gurley. He had a great uh, statistical year. Defensive Rookie of the Year, both both Rookie of the Years coming from uh, uh, New Orleans, Marshawn Lattimore. He, no doubt about this one. He panned out very well at number 10 or 11, I think, for uh, New Orleans. He was a shutdown corner from day one, something that New Orleans really needed to get that defense back to where it needed to be. And it, just great, just great player right there, That for, and a great value for the pick. And we went over Hall of Fame, and that that's going to do it uh, for for the, the NFL honors and the awards. So before we talk about the future, the the immediate future of the off season for for what we're going to do, is there anything else you want to talk about? Any other topics? Uh, no, not really, honestly. All right. What comes next? I don't know what comes next. <laughs> it's not like the podcast is going to end, but. I'm sure I, I, our seven devoted fans would be oh, so yeah, yeah, upset. Oh yeah, yeah, you, you, you guys would, you guys will be well acquainted in the off season. Obviously, football is going to be the main priority of this podcast. When free agency comes out, we'll probably do a draft special. I think, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll do a draft special, and when when the combine comes out, but there is going to be a lot of time in the summer and stuff like that where there's no football on the gridiron, as Vince McMahon eloquently put it. And there's there's a lot of stuff to do, and there, there's I, I, I don't know if, if weekly is going to be something that's going to be able to, to happen when there's not anything really happening, but 
we're we're gonna try to branch out to other sports too. I know yeah, J- soccer, baseball. I know JJ likes soccer. Yeah, he's he's recruiting the soccer fans on the Twitter account. Uh, <laughs> we can send more. Uh, we can make more. I can talk, try to talk more about baseball. So we can make yeah, more yeah, half-hearted I, baseball attempts. Yeah, I will. I will offer to to become more educated on on soccer if Jay can offer to come become more a little more educated on baseball. I, it, it's it's sacrifices that we're gonna have to make, and I feel like another big part of this is gonna be college basketball for when March comes around, right? Definitely. I mean that. that Get Rutgers to the tournament. Let's it, go, boys. It's football first and really college basketball second that we both know. Yeah. College basketball has been a big thing in, in my life and his life for a long time. So, yeah, that, that that's going to be what's, what's going on next. And for uh, – what was I going to say? For until next week when there's going to be a full Super Bowl recap show and really nothing else. Uh, this has been First and Goal Podcast. You can follow us, First and Goal PC on Twitter, 908-913-0822, leave a voicemail. Business inquiries for our seven followers, First and Goal Podcast at gmail.com. Right, settle down, Nick. Seriously, if you want to talk to us about anything, please just call us or, like you said, email firstandgoalpodcast at gmail.com. First, number one, S-T, not F-I-R-S-T, but the number, uh, form of first and goal podcast at gmail.com. Please, someone, like, this isn't really a podcast and we're not actually talking to anyone. So if anyone here is actually listening to this podcast, just please. We have several, several Prove to us that you do. So, yeah, we'll see you next week for the Super Bowl recap episode.